Cadrol. Cadrol. You have to stay strong. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. Believe in yourself. You can do. You've made it now. You've made it. Don't fall back into the past. You can do this. Don't Kedril. let the darkness consume you. Don't Kedril. let it consume you. You're a caster You've now. You've grown. You're so much better. Hey, round of applause. Round, round of applause. applause. Everybody for Cadrol for making. You've for done making, it. You've made playoffs. Look at you. You know what? Look. look. It's a visual I, representation. Um, look. There you are. I um. I didn't go inside. You didn't you go inside. <laughs> Did they block you at the door? <laughs> no, Karina just said, stand outside, I'll take a picture, because you made it. And then when I got home, I realized... Uh, you never went inside. I never went inside. But you can look from the outside that, in. What, do you think that was a subconscious representation of the fact that you don't think that you're worry, worthy, in this case, for the playoff no, I cafe? Just, I, just, I just didn't want a coffee. Oh. Yeah. I That's fine. Home. So I, that just sums I, up I, your career. I got it. You just, just you, you could have gone just, to playoffs. You just never wanted a, a quote unquote co a for, coffee. For context, by the way, I get again, it now. It all makes sense. Forgot, so sorry again. Podcast land friends. There's a photo that Mark took. You can check it out on his Twitter of him standing in front of a cafe in an airport. I think that's named Playoff. So that's the, the image that we're riffing on right now. But yeah, good times. I'm huh? sorry we didn't bring you along with us initially, but. Good times. It's okay, man. One day you'll be ready to go in and get the coffee. One day. <laughs> One day I'll get a coffee and a One bagel day. while I'm there. <laughs> One day we'll stop making these jokes, but when that well, day comes, no, I have no idea. The joke said, no, I think this, this is, is the last one. one. Like, I, a, the I nails in the coffin, <laughs> this is the last I, I would say that, <laughs> and I'm sorry to say this, but I think the defining characteristic of your pro career was not making playoffs, and we'll have to keep bringing it up, just like Deficio was bad. That's the thing that we he brought up. He was an army one trick. And we brought that up. And Zyra too. He he only played those champions. True. He often referred to his Nami KDA being Wait, one of the best in the league. Deficio was a Nami one trick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what was meta. I'm when not he even was kidding. Playing. Nami Zyra were the two champions he played back then. And what? Deficio, man. What is this? Nami OTP. Yeah. Look, man. Oh, my God. There's Babus a dark side to Deficio. Babos would approve if it was a certain Nami skin. Would approve. <laughs> oh right, God. so is this the part of the podcast where we now talk about Black Clover? No. Betty. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> but I will murder you on camera. <laughs> I don't need to do that. The Black Clover plans will do <laughs> Everyone that. Everyone will say, oh, no, stop. <laughs> All right, hello. Welcome to Euphoria. This long, rambly intro was um, for kicks. We're getting back into the swing of things. This is our first day back uh, at work proper. We just had the break week. This is season eight, episode 10. I'm your host, Dan Dracus. If you haven't been able to tell so far, Cadron and Vettius are here with me. Um, and the we're banter ready? bus boys, oh, <laughs> the banter <laughs> bus boys. You're looking at you're like five foot five. What sort of joke is I'm that? I'm not five foot five. <laughs> yeah, what are. is this? It's I see you're wearing stilts I'm today. Taller was, than you. No, you're not. Do you want to compare right now? Right I'll now? St I'll st oh no! Back right. to back. Hold on, back to back. We're comparing height. Betty's taller than you do. He's slightly taller. Let's go. I'm standing straight. Also, also, what you're you're wearing those Balenciagas or whatever, or the what are they? What are they? Put it, ultra get boost. in front of your microphone. You are wearing shorter shoes. You're wearing taller shoes, and you're still slightly <laughs> shorter than him. I'm not wearing taller shoes. <laughs> those shoes are basically platforms. Okay, what if we take dude? the shoes off? No, no focus. Stop. Yeah, it's been decided. I'll give you. We Just can try again <laughs> at the end of the show, but the people do not need to li literally. Because imagine again, YouTube people are like, ha ha. Podcast people, are like, what the stuff. hell are these idiots doing? These so idiots. On the podcast, are available. Okay, well, we'll we just realized. Me and just uh, stood next to each other. I and was what we realized. What oh we God. realized Guys. is that I am Legolas and he is Gimli in this equation. Meanwhile, the king is trying to return to his throne <laughs> and trying to get the podcast back on track. So playoffs. <laughs> I'll let's take go. Aragorn. Do you fuck <laughs> yeah, all right, you know that metaphor worked out. 
Anyway, uh, we're available we'll YouTube, home. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. We had a break week. It's a little bit crazy. We're coming back. We got three ra- or three matches this week. Misfits versus Rogue, G2ers, Mad Lions, Vitality versus Fnatic. We're going to talk about all of them today, and then we're going to be doing our overall predictions for the playoffs. Why, you ask? Why would we do this before there's any context or playoff form to be witnessed? Because we make clickbait here, people. It's what we oh, do. If you want clickbait, we've got some juicy stuff for you at the end. We've got some really it's, good stuff. We're going to find out who's actually taller without oh, shoes. <laughs> no, no, no. Because we can, we can bring up LCK because Cadrill had some uh, spicy tweets. No, you know, the week. thing is, the thing is, Ooh. I remember I was watching some LCK games and there was a lot of really int plays going on, yep. right? And I was like, wow, LCK, you're definitely inting. And then I just realized myself, wait, We've had teams throw 10k gold lead to the single objective. So we're not much better. <laughs> so oh, see, he's backpedaling now. He's no. backpedaling. No, 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 he's okay. backpedaling. Right. No, 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 no. All right. All right. No, no, no. Drama for end of the podcast. Thank you. Stick around. Betty, you're on it today. I, I like this. You're like, you are shilling hard and I appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Kadrill. Yeah. And we're bringing it. We're Deep breath. Playoffs. I was going to, I was going to, we were going to have an entire segment where we talked about the break week, but I think we just used all of our time yeah, on whatever the hell this is. Let's get into the matchup, Dracos. I'm ready. I'm ready right. to talk about right. League of Legends. So how something. is it going to work is we're going to talk about each of these three matchups. To start, I would like one person to give an elevator pitch or a TLDR, essentially 60 seconds where you get to rant about this matchup. Get the stopwatch out. Come on. Okay. All right. You're, so you are going to start. I'm getting the stop timer. Okay. Hit open in a Google tab. Stopwatch. Sit. So wait, is he... Okay, okay. I'm so just no, saying who's no, going to win this, yeah? You say... Who's gonna win this? And why? You basically give us the like this oversimplified version mm-hmm. of what you think this matchup is gonna be in sixty seconds, and that is the starting point for our discussion on Misfits versus Perfect. Rogue. All right, Are you ready? Misfits versus Rogue. Give him the easy one. Okay. Two. Well, he kind of just jumped up to take it. You okay, can, we go. Uh, you're no, the no, guest. No, no, so you can fine. pick Let's from go. the remaining two. I'll give him the easy one. It's fine. He needs this. Okay, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Okay, Misfits versus Rogue. I'll start off by saying I think Rogue's gonna win. Okay, however, <laughs> I do think that Misfits' strong point is their mid-jungle, Vito and Razork, and sure. I think that Larson and Larson and uh, Inspired also a very big strong point for Rogue, but I think they're comparable in a way. I think both mid-jungles are almost at the same level where you can make an argument for both of them as to who's gonna be the better mid-jungle for their team specifically, where you have one side where Misfits' mid-jungle plays towards top inherit, right? But on the other side, you've got Otto Amne, who's the weak side king, the weak side machine, whatever you want to call it. He'll win lane without jungle resources, so he'll be fine. So although both mid-jungles might have good games, you know, and I think that both mid-jungles can contest against each other, I think side lane diff is just where it's going to come in. Otto Amne will be able to handle here it pretty easily. He can manage his lane well, despite where jungle is, and Rogue will get resources in the side of the map. And then you look at bot lane matchup. I think Rogue's bot lane, one of the best bot lanes in the league, in lane especially. I think they're going to they win out in lane against Misfits. So I think in the early game, both these teams are early game teams, and I think Rogue's just a better version. Sick. Two seconds to spare. All right, a lot to unpack there. That was the uh, most we'll do that. Timid elevator pitch I've ever heard. Yeah, so, I'm gonna say if this wait, was, if this timid? was, if this was, I would have sh- said like Rogue about to slap Misfits into the ground. It about an yeah. easy three zero. Like that was, you know, I was kind of like, we got, we learn, we'll learn, we'll get better, we'll get more Dude, aggressive. I swear, I've been on the podcast ten minutes. I'm getting bullied, man. <laughs> this is it. Betty is here, and he does like to bully you. It's true. Don't worry, I'll turn to Dracos at some point. It's okay. a, it is a strategy. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to hear your elevator pitch for the well, next matchup. Well, and I was just thinking, well, we'll he's gonna, he's well, the next matchup is G2 versus Mad, I guess. And yeah. he's him like, I think this team's going to bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to pop. If only there was like another format where we could have just talked about both teams for like three minutes or something in a way that was like really aggressive. That would be cool. Maybe that would not. Be cool. Maybe that would oh, be cool. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we'll do two more of those and then we'll end the podcast and we'll go back to the height challenges. Um, no, we're kidding. We're going to talk more. Okay, so Misfits versus Rogue, I think I'll kick off and I'll say that, yeah, overall I agree. I think Rogue are the, the very clear favorites here. I think Misfits, I feel about mis- Misfits to me are like 
have been for the longest time as an organization and now as a team they're like the one hit wonder like do you guys do you guys remember Gautier? somebody that i used to <laughs> what I'm the hell is Gautier doing anymore do you have any idea <laughs> no. i don't no no well, freaking okay. <laughs> what has misfits done since 2017 <laughs> Nothing. Okay. You know what I mean? Misfits is Gautier. Wow. They had a, they had a banger and wow. I loved it. But until Prima- So you think this is not an, this is not the second hit wonder? I mean, maybe Gautier has a new song, but do you know what it's called? Album. <laughs> no. <laughs> so until it shows up on a TikTok trend, I'm going to doubt it too. You know what I mean? Okay. So if they win here, then hell yeah, baby, Gautier's back. But I, up until that point, I'm, uh, so, I'm not convinced. So if they win, you're jumping on the hype train? I mean, if they beat Rogue, hell yeah. I mean, going, if, they beat, yeah. if they beat Rogue, they're going to Worlds, man. That's <laughs> actually true. Oh, yeah. So context here, by the way. In the upper bracket, we're only sending three seeds. So, and to just Worlds. The, to, to Worlds. Um, so previously, actually, if you were number one, I think you were guaranteed to get to Worlds no matter what, even yeah. if you hadn't played a single game. Because the worst you could get was fourth seed. And again, basically. this format was designed for three seeds, not for four. So that was kind of... Not an oversight, well, but not something we anticipated when this format was made. Yeah, we weren't given four seeds when we originally planned this. Yeah, thing, so sure. if you win your first best of five in the upper bracket as the top four team, you are guaranteed a spot at Worlds. The worst you can finish is third, and that would guarantee you the final spot. So cool stuff, big stakes if Misfits can make the upset happen. But on the analysis, not one-hit wonder front, yeah. I think that the sidelines are, I think, are a perfect, perfect thing to talk about. Because mid-jungle wall... I think you are a clown for saying that VTO and Razork can match inspired how, Larson. How can you say it's a clown clown take? VTO and Razork. I'll give you some stats Bro, to back okay, it up in you, a sense. Yeah, right? this, is, this is great. Razork, is it going to be how listen, many key listen. player of the games VTO has no, won? Because no, that's the only no, place no, that he's no, better no, than no, Larson, no. dude. Razork has a 78% KP. VTO great. has 74, right? So yeah, obviously sure. they play from mid lane to side lanes, right? Yep. They are they are unlocking their mid jungle to play for top robot. Whereas if you look at the other side, Rogue for context or stats, Larson 59% KP. Inspired 60%, whereas Rogue play from bot and top to mid, right? So they're playing sidelines to mid and Misfits is playing mid to sidelines. And I think mid to sidelines is a good play, but that's to juggle your sidelines to get them to, to the early game. I don't game, know if game. I agree with that. And I think Rogue is just much better winning sidelaners. Their mid jungle, I think you can compare Razor and Bizio, but I think that sidelines... Well, okay, okay. Keep it on mid jungle. No, Stop branching the discussion. Okay, go, okay, go, go, so go. Rogue Misfits. First of all, I think this is really one-sided for Rogue, in my opinion. Because yeah. I think that Larson right now... I think you can make an argument for best performing mid at the end of the regular season. I think that his entire split has not been the best, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and he's also been very vocal about that. But he also said that a lot of the criti- criticism that he got at the beginning, he thought was very warranted, but it also helped him get a lot better. So in the sure. second half, he was playing insane. Uh, his Twisted Fate is still undefeated um, throughout his entire career. I think he's sitting at 6-0, and 7-0 and zero on that champion now. Um but I think that he... So that's why I struggle to compare him to VTO because I do not think that VTO has the same lane dominance as Larson. Have if you been, want to talk about in terms of play style, sure. But I also think that you can't sit there and say that um, Rogue always play through sides into mid. I don't think that's true. Because especially when like Twisted Fate is one of his go-to champions. Like, I mean, TF's an exception. It's a global champ, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, of yeah. course you can play from mid to sides with that global. Yeah, right? but like that's why I also don't think that like Rogue have a specific play style. I think that they're extremely flexible. And that, I think, is the biggest reason why they should smash yeah, Rogue Misfits. Has, Rogue has three, play, three lanes and jungle that you can use to carry a game. Yes. Whereas Misfits, I think, have mid-jungle and arguably top if he gets resources. Yes. Yeah. Right? I, I think the big thing yeah. here to me looking at this just as like a very top-down perspective is when I look at these teams as highlighted, Rogue are flexible, but Misfits are very Razork reliant. Yes. Like, did they put this man on early game but I do think that, I do think VTO is kind of underrated. I think VTO's had an I think, amazing split. I think VTO's I been know, very... Oh, how is he underrated? 
Because rate you, the you mid laners. Rate the mid laners right now from one to five. One to, I mean, one to oh. six in the playoffs. Who's the best mid laner player? It's really hard. You think Larson's the best mid laner? No, playoffs? I think that it would be Caps, Larson, hang on, hang on. Humanoid. I think it would be Humanoid first. That's also fine. And then maybe Larson. Also and then fine. Caps VTO debatable. Do you think Caps V2 is debatable? I think Niski's had a great split. I think all the mids are really good. I think ranking them 1 to 5 is very difficult, actually. Sure, but I don't think that you can sit there and say that VTO is underrated when I think that the top three mids, no, in my just, opinion, I think it's just the way that you phrased it earlier where you were like, Larson, I, mean, I think it's just much better. And I think... Uh, I do think he's much better than VTO. I don't VTO. think he's much better. I think VTO is really good. I think that he's a much better laner than he is. And I think that his team fighting is I also much better. It's important to understand here, um, Cadrill, is... Is this a situation where, and again, it's always hard to analyze anything in isolation. Is this like, are you, because the way you presented it first made it sound like it was it was 50-50, like the mid-jungle matchup just wasn't at that as important. I think in isolation, mm -hmm. Inspire is the best jungle in the league, 100%. Sure, yeah, right? sure. sure, absolutely. I think agree. Larson is a really good laner. Yep. Right. I think that Razork is arguably our second best jungle in the league. That's so I think fair. jungle is very, yeah. it's, it's not even, but it's comparable. No, I think that's and fair. I think VTO brings different things to Larson where you can play through mid, right? Sure. I think Larson's more of like a pick me a mage, I'll be safe. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, ultimately. Like, no, I, I just want to say, like, yeah. I don't think that to like clarify, I think that I agree with you in terms of how misfits play. Like Razor playing through mids, the fact that those two are a large part of where a lot of the early kills come from, that all makes sense. But that's also I think their biggest problem. And that if they don't learn or showcase more styles than just playing through mids and having this over reliance on um, on Razork, then I think that they are forever going to be struggling against the top teams because I think that they're just not flexible enough. On an individual level, I think you can make an argument like, I don't think Kobe's had a bad split at all. I think Kobe's actually like really stood out in a lot of situations that have really been clutch and important for his team. And I think that when you look at Vander, he's also super reliable. But um, I just don't think the team has showcased a wide range of styles of flexibility. And like you can even, if you go really deep into it, you could probably even like pick apart their champion pool and like their 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 approach to champions that they prioritize too. So that's why I think that this is going to be a really difficult matchup for Misfits. I think that Rogue should be heavy favorites. Um, and, I think, and I think that the stylistically like Rogue is just is can, just a one sided matchup. Contextually, when we look back at the two times these teams have played each other, now one game was this most recent game was very difficult for them. This was the Kabe on Aphelios perma die unplayable against the Hecarim Nocturne. Yep. So I'm not going to reference that game because that was. I, I, think, I mean, they yeah. actually were very comparable. That was a close game. That, that was, was close reasonably game. close for a while, and then at a certain point, the comp, they just, yeah, their, yeah, their yeah. composition just That was kind of, a bit of a draft if you But if you remember the uh, the Crow Storm game, the week two game, the, yeah. the medic sick murder That was a lot of throws, though, both back and forth. Back yeah. and forth. Hansama overextending on a side lane. Misfits smartly punishing, turning that into a Baron, and then turning another advantage into Infernal Soul, and subsequently a second Baron. Like, when Misfits are given opportunities... But also, just sorry to interrupt you. The yeah, first, sure. The first game you just mentioned, right, where... Um, what was it? I think it was Hans was playing Ziggs. Yeah, Hans was Ziggs. Ziggs, Nautilus, yeah, They played lane. this comp. Yeah. Misfits got Baron in that game. Yeah. Yeah, it was a close they game. They pick. They got a Baron, right? It I was think, a really I close think we're game. in agreement that Rogue's probably going to... He's probably going to stomp this series. Yeah. But I think there's an argument where Misfits will do decently well. Misfits is not a bad team. Yeah. I think that I they've think, showcased that. Yeah. It's just the problem is, I think that like... A lot of their early game is very reliant on Razork. And we saw in the recent weeks that if you shut Razork down, Misfits don't have an early game at all. And often that they draft towards like Tristana Braum is like one of the Tristana Alistair, Aphelios Alistair, Aphelios Braum is like their go-to bot lane. So they have like some late game insurance that they often rely on. And then usually VTO is on something like Syndra. So there's always some late game damage. I think that like their team fighting has showcased that it can be pretty good. Um, but I just don't think that's enough.
is, is my problem. I think it. you never I, know. The rogue 20 to 30 minute curse could bite them in the butt three games in a row. I mean, certainly. Well, one thing. Because I think that's something. Sorry. I think that's definitely something to talk about. The rogue issues? Yeah. Yeah, I think because it's Because it's so, it's so abundant. It yep. happens so goddamn often that it's like, I know it's a meme and in Korea they've made this meme. That no, I mean, like I out. talked about on the analyst desk too. I thought I, I really wanted to draw attention to it because this isn't the first time we've seen it. Last splits, that's why they lost the final. Like, Ex explain, elaborate for, for the people at home. Elaborate what you mean by the 20 to 30 Yeah, so course. Rogue has an amazing early game. You know, they get four to 5k gold leads in the first 15 to 20 minutes, but then for some reason, someone gets caught on side. Even that Misfits game, Hans gets caught in mid by a bubble. They lose Nash, they lose Drake's. I don't know if they're just... I mean, they do play a lot of early game comps with Kalista and stuff like this and things like TF to make sure that they can get their sides rolling or whatever it can be. Um, but I think that even if you play an early game comp and you get an early game lead, you shouldn't be throwing these games away like that. Like the Vitality game, just going top, Lu Lucian's pushing top. Yeah. Everyone's going to try and help him to try and take this top tier two. For no reason, you're taking a 5v5 and then just getting aced in a, such a messy fight where Odoamne is trying to fight with Ken in 1v3, trying to dive him on the tower, Larson trying to kite back. There's TPs everywhere. It's just really, really messy. Uh, Freddie talks about it being like a loss of focus where yeah. the team gets so far ahead. I think six or seven K specifically was the gold threshold that he mentioned. Like every time we get to this threshold, it's like we just lose all focus and we stop concentrating. And we just start like memeing because like we think the game is unlosable and then we lose the game. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty interesting hearing that from Freddie because focus seems to be a word that they all use quite a lot yeah. like larson talked a lot about it during the beginning of the split and freddie now at the end of the split um like maybe Kadri, you can give some more insight on this like because obviously we haven't been in that position but have you ever been in those positions where you're so far ahead that you feel the game is unlosable but you've been so far ahead mm, where you feel like the game is unlosable and then you've actually made really dumb mistakes because it's it's very it's a very easy answer because I think that it comes down to like what's the next objective is a is a question you'll always ask your team as a pro team it's like what's the next objective in the early game it's really easy dragons heralds you know dives yeah tier ones once all tier ones are down heralds gone and barons up and you've got like drakes like a three minute timer you ask yourself what's the next objective you're going to overextend for tier twos you're going to overextend for deep vision for baron maybe you're going to force a baron for no reason to try and get a turn potentially you know if you're ahead so three very risky plays. And that just comes down to how the game functions. And I think that that's, yeah. that's one of the big reasons why they could throw. I mean, we've seen this a lot when we have teams that are very, very dominant early game. That there's almost always just this lull in a pro game where it's like, well, you've taken what you can. Yep. So unless the enemy team like mispositions and you just get to dive somebody who's in the wrong place, like unless the enemy team messes up, the game just slows down significantly. So well, I, no, I don't have that pro experience. I can say that I would probably get bored too. I'm a... I'm a giga-fed Callista. I want to kill people. I don't want to yeah. wait while that guy farms. Like, screw that. It's, it comes down to patience, kind of, because yeah. tier ones are very easy to take. You know, there's very easy ways to take tier one towers where it's like, oh, we can take Herald. We can Herald mid. Mid tower dies, for example, and then our mid laner can move bot. Your bot lane has to back off. Tier one bot's going to die now as well, right? So, or you can use TPs to dive them. So it's very easy to do these things. But tier twos, really hard to dive, really hard to set up, really hard to hit because you can get flanked so easily. Um, so when all tier ones are down and you're trying to play for tier twos and you're trying to force a Baron, it's very, very difficult to snowball the game to the point where you can just make that play and crack the game open. Even when you're ahead 4k gold, the game will slow down a lot. You're completely right. There'll be a lull state. And that's where teams have to identify risk versus reward and what their real win condition is. Yeah, I think a hard place to play. But the thing I want to shift our attention to, because I think the thing that we're pretty universally aligned on and I'd love to get a little bit more into is talking specifically about the side lane matchups because it feels like outside of the rogue 20 to 30 minute throws, feels pretty aligned that this is a very rogue favorite game. And the fact that we're talking about something that Rogue is doing 
as the potential point of weakness that would allow misfits to win feels like misfits aren't necessarily super in control of their own destiny in this series right which comes back to the side lane discussion now i'm i'm a hear it fan i'll be honest but i have no delusions when it comes to how he will stack up against odawamne because the last time we saw it he got greedy going for a solo kill and died you know what i mean and he's also had games where he's gotten the gwen the first time that they played he did fine but Gwen was OP on that patch. He did get some kills when Odawamne spent that two-week period as Nocturne sprinting into Gwen's. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently it takes four stage games before you figure out how much that champion can do with two items. I don't know. She's not a problem anymore, though, so not concerned. But I just don't... That doesn't feel like... Even if that is... That is at best for Misfits, I think, even. So top... But bottom on the other side, it's like... Hansama and Trimby kill people every game. And Kabi and Vander have been solid... But solid is the word that I would use from them. They've had good games. They've had okay games. I never feel like they're super griefing it. I never feel like they're really crazy popping off unless it's some so late game skirmishes. So what's the question skirmishes. here, Drake? What's the question? This is how I'm feeling. <laughs> I, want us to, I want us to talk more about these side lanes. I feel, I agree that these things are, the side lanes are weak. And I just feel like rogue side lanes can pop off and show us more. Whereas at best, I feel like misfit side lanes are chilling. What's, what's your guys' reads more in depth here on the side lanes? Well, I, the thing about misfit spot lane is like, they're just like, I don't know how to best describe it. They're like a, a neutral. Like a role player, You right? can't kill that bot lane, or you shouldn't be able to. It's mean, just like, that's just how that bot lane functions. They are inherently the weak side bot lane of the league. Like, it's pretty crazy, because when you look at the teams, which is Rogue have a history of playing towards their bot side. Yep. Mad, also, not to the same degree, but also have a bit of a history playing towards their bot side, or at least they've shown to. G2... They don't inherently, but they do play a lot towards their bot side. Fnatic play heavily towards their bot side. And then Vitality is probably the only other weak side bot lane yep. in playoffs. Um, but that's just what Corby and Vanda are. And like, to me, I think that they don't have to be. I think you can funnel resources into them and perhaps they should be given a little bit more just to see like, especially if you can shut Hans and Trimby down. That's a great thing to have as an option we, but the truth is like regardless of their individual skill i think that the team just doesn't play around them which is a large part of why i think that we never really get to see what they're truly capable of in my opinion um but at the same time we've literally like a lot of the bot wins you mentioned have had games where they've had literally zero jungled attention and they're getting 2v2 kills in lane yeah of course and that's the thing that i see that's missing for copy invader like yes if you yeah. play around them they're absolutely set up but they shine. also play stuff like aphelios braun sure pick Chris band certainly Alistair, limits them to a know, certain degree like i can't think of the last time that they played something like uh when was the last time they played callista leona for yeah, example it, I, I, I do think that misfits have a small upper hand just at how the game works right now where i think that if you ban callista out it's really hard to play for bot lane unless they get virus so if they can deny these two picks the way the game works right now, basically, is supports will roam out of lane level 4, level yep. 5, the top mm -hmm. side. Top laners will be playing 1v1, and there'll be a 3v3 around mid for the first 7 or 8 minutes of the game for Herald. Until Herald's dead, then they'll come back to lane for support. So the only real way you're going to get 2v2 killed is in the first 4 to 5 levels of the game. So if they don't do that, then they're fine. If they just get rid of these lane oppressive champions like <clears throat> Kalista and Varus, maybe Draven as well, they might have yep. to be careful for that. Maybe. And yeah. just leave ADs to farm bot, then they're out of lane, right? And now supports can move towards top side and it'll be a 3v3, so you don't actually have to worry about the lane phase itself. So as much as the side lanes will struggle, there's a way, there's a world for misfits where just forcing Herald and forcing top side will get them out of bot lane, for example. And based on what we saw in some of the LPL series, Ash is coming back in, in what could be a very big way, and obviously one of yeah. the characters that auto wins lane, you know, for the most part, outside Hans of some Summer certain matches. famous for his Ash, too. Certainly, both sides would be comfortable on it, but also a champion that can impact other lanes in a big way. Hawkshot, certainly a valuable utility skill, and you feel like if that very is annoying. the meta... Very annoying. Uh, <laughs> if that is the meta, then 
you know, Misfits having a weak bot side isn't really super consequential because essentially, if if the if the meta is Jin Ash, no one's playing to bot anyway. They're but, going literally anywhere else. But ultimately, like, I, I just don't think that this game is determined by like the sides. I ultimately think that when Kedril introduced it at the start, the mid jungle is going to be the most influential factor. And like, while I think that he believes it's comparable, I don't. I think it's super one sided. I think that inspired Larson is just much better than the duo of Razork Vito. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that duo will just have the upper hand. I think the important thing to note is like, I think Freddie said it in an interview, or Larson said it in an interview about Freddie. I was listening to it, I don't know where it was, but he said something about Freddie. He's like, his, his coaching philosophy is he wants three prior lanes. Every single time he wants prior, prior, prior <laughs> over everything. Wow, who could have guessed? Right? <laughs> who could have guessed, right? So they're going to have pushing lanes, right? You can see it in their drafts. Jace, Lucian mid, you know, Cannon top, Callista lanes, right? That's three pushing lanes. So I think that Misfits traps the opposite, where they're going to yes. pick Alistar every game bot. Mm-hmm. You can't get prior bot. They're going to pick, I don't know, like a Gwen top or something, which is going to get pushed in against a ranged yeah. champion, whatever it is. So I think that mid jungle is comparable in a sense where in a vacuum, I think that these both these mid jungles are really, really good. And I think that, yeah, I would say obviously inspired last and slightly favored, but I think VTO Razork are fantastic as well. So comparable sure. in a sense. Side lanes, I think much different story. And especially when you factor in the fact that both side lanes are slightly better, I would say as well, in lane as well. And we'll have pushing lanes from the draft, which we'd expect from Rogue. How can mid-jungle ever play in a vacuum, right? When both side lanes are just getting absolutely pounded, you know, <laughs> pushed in all game. So, um, yeah, I think that Misfits probably going to lose. If I was to predict this series, I'd say at best 3-1 for Rogue. Misfits maybe could pick up a game. Um, I think we all agree that Mis- uh, Rogue's probably just going to take the series. Yes. So you feel, do you, do you agree with that assessment kind of to summarize? So I think it's a really good assessment, yeah. Mid mid jungle can be as close as you want it to be, but if your side lanes yeah. are getting their k- shit kicked in, it's just never going to be the isolated 2v2. So, so I think that Misfits have a lot of options. They can identify this, they can see this, and they can read this. They've had weeks to prepare, and I think you, you can take many different approaches to it. You can either try to shut down those prior lanes by just through the draft itself, or you can match things at outscale in a sense where, I don't know, if he picks... Which is what I expect them to do, because often when they challenge Rogue, it's because they had better late game options. Um, yeah. And they could actually win through fighting. And I think that is one of their big strengths. Like you only have to look back at like VTO last split, like the number of Silas plays that he made and like Kobe this split with his uh, Zaya. Like there's a, individually, each of them have made really insane plays in a 5v5. Yeah. So like they're a good team and that's important. But the truth is that I think that Rogue is just that much better of a team. And yeah. that's also what I expect of Rogue. Um, and they will likely be one of our world's representatives. That's just what I expect. Yeah, I mean, you're going up against the best performing team from the regular season, arguably the strongest team coming out of the regular season in terms of individual performance, because obviously the best of one record isn't the only indicator for how strong a team is. Yeah. I think in general, it would be crazy not to have Rogue as favorites. If you have different opinions at home, um, feel free to share them with us. And also just to round out the analysis in a sense where you have these pushing side lanes gives you more options. You know, If you yeah. have pushing side lanes, you can dive side lanes. If you have pushing side lanes, you can move towards mid. And if you're playing things like Volibear and Jungle as Razork, I've, I've had it so many times where I'm jungling with an early game jungle like Volibear or Lee Sin or Olaf, whatever it is, and I have to get an early game lead. All lanes are getting pushed in. The only thing you can realistically do is try to punish over extensions. And Rogue don't really do that in the early game. They do it in the mid game. So yep. early game is rough. Literally, Razork played it against Rogue the last time they played, and he was in the wrong place one time, and it cost it like cost Misfits everything, right? Like putting that early game pressure on Razork, well, I think it is the right choice. It's like god dang Razork like you're taking like the series on your shoulder and I remember I don't know if it was last split or last year even just one game sent out to me where it's like Rogue had all these pushing lanes but G2 found ganks onto them and then all these pushing lanes lost their push with like Caitlyn and Nar top and then it was over so yes these three pushing lanes will always be great but if you can find a way to punish them and they don't get the push, any- the push anymore their early game is just completely negated so, yeah 
I think that uh, it's a hard thing to do. We've heard, like Reckless said, that, that Rogue is the team that he would like to play against the least because of that. Because they are, you can call it by the book or whatever, and a lot of teams will call that a weakness, especially when it comes to playing teams internationally. But when you're playing it in playoffs, it's you have to be the one to kind of to break the book, the one to upset the apple cart. And sitting there and scaling, if that is Misfit's best option, doesn't feel like upsetting the apple cart. It feels like, hold on and survive, baby. We'll see what we can do. So easy to say for now, for all three of us, rogue clear favorites here. Maybe Misfits can make the upset. If they do, it'll be monumental. It'll be the second hit. It'll be somebody that I used to know version two. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. That is our first match on Friday. Second match on Saturday. We get to cast this one. Uh, so everything Tri-cast. We, Tri-cast, baby. Oh, it's oh. us three, is it? Yeah, G2 Pog. versus Mad Lions. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Oh, you mean the 60-second thing? You get, you get 60 seconds. You get oh. summarized match. I think this is the hardest one. It probably is the hardest yeah. one. It is the hardest so one. So you can do it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was so ready. <laughs> I was just going to scream for 60 seconds for Fnatic Vitality. Um, okay, give me... All right. <clears throat> really hoping you're gonna take this one do you want me to take this one i mean it would make my life easier yes i mean that's not the the question (laughs) (sighs) okay i'll get my own timer damn all right three for myself two one (laughs) all right this is a matchup of intangibles mostly because mad lions looked sketchy as hell in the final weeks they have a lot of fantastic individual players and they always seem to show up in playoffs but that said we're still waiting for the aforementioned uh peak in playoffs that mac has been spending all of his time talking about this entire season their team that's been struggling that said armad has been stepping up in their most recent match he did solo kill wonder on the gp and while they were absolutely torn to pieces i imagine a single tf ban will shut down most of what g2 were trying to do with a composition like that i remain relatively unconvinced of reckless's newfound flexibility on champions and so i expect this to be probably the one of the closest if not the closest series that we will see for the vast majority of playoffs that said i do think that g2 are the relative favorites because recently we have seen more consistency from this team than we have seen from the mad lions but that said the last time they played we saw about an utter collapse of g2 remember this was the reckless karma series in the midst of an entirely non-karma meta so overall what i will say is that and thus if G2 can keep up their current form, if Reckless playing Callista isn't just a one or two game fad, but a new string to their bow, new arrow in their quiver, however you want to talk about it, then I think G2 should be considered the clear favorites here. But ultimately, this series will come down to which version of Mad we see on the day. That's all I got. Okay. Well, I just want to start off by saying the first thing you said about Armut. Not only did he solo kill Wonder, he solo killed Adam as well, I believe. He had an insane game against Fnatic, and he also had a really, really good game on the Wukong as well in the last game of the split, which is against Misfits, I think. Which so, is big. So against these teams in G2, um, Fnatic and Misfits, having these performances is just really, really good sign at the end of the split. They brought in Vizichachi as the top lane clo- coach now as well to help him out especially as well. So there's a lot of things going on in top lane, which are positive Wait, signs on the I outsides. I did not know that. That's so hype. I, I didn't no know about idea. the thing. I didn't know about the Visit Chachi. I've been yeah. like completely disconnected for the, the past The poppy, week. ways of the poppy will the now be the passed poppy. down. Because we, well, we all, Elder, dragon, steel. Sorry, with I the knock really away love Visit Chachi. Yeah. Yes. Oh my yeah, that's great. But I, we all agree that Armwood had a terrible split. He was the biggest weak link on Mad Lions. He was getting obliterated every yeah. game. But the last Super Week has showed us that he's solo killed some of our best top laners in the league yep. carried the game single-handedly in some of those games as well especially yep. and now he's got chachi in 
to give him top lane positional coaching, which I expect's been going on for like a week or two. Still I gets imagine, caught on sides. Still, still gets caught on sides. He's not a flawless player. Yeah, but if you think he, of the Rogue Mad Lions game, he got caught a lot on sides. Yes. And when he was playing Jace against. But Tim as Tomkin. you as you highlighted, as Did you deaths. highlighted, they were they were big brain deaths because they led to ultimately the Elder Dragon win condition. Good Ooh. deaths. So yeah. Um, okay, but if you're gonna talk about um, armor, I gotta talk about Wonder. I think that's fair. The GP pick is so good. I think. I, I think his like the the thing for me is that Wonder has always been a very flexible player, right? Yeah. Not originally, okay. To be fair, he didn't used to be. No. He used to be a carry player only. Uh, he was one three one exclusively on Splice. That's why yes, we saw such yes. abominations as Talia top. Fizz, thank you, Yamato Cannon. Fizz top. Uh, Camille this, this top. This was before my time. <laughs> Talia top. <laughs> Talia top. It can't happen. Um, so yeah, Wonder. Um, Ever since 2019, or like when he joined G2, I think is where we got to see a lot more of his like development as a player. Uh, but I think that he is a super flexible player, and I think that this split we didn't really get to see all of that, at least in the first half. But um, actually, maybe even the first half is unfair because I think that a lot of people hold him accountable for a couple of really bad games because he did have a couple of really bad games. But I don't think overall his split was as awful as I think people seem to think. I still think that he was still the second best performing top in the league like i can't think of a top laner who i think would have outperformed him i know some maybe would argue hear it but i also think that g2 don't put resources into wonder like i think uh, i think it, second's so. a really hard discussion to be fair Odo's clear so we don't first. have to go down yeah that. yeah, 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 for yeah sure. right we but don't I have think, to go down it is a hard discussion, discussion right yeah uh but i think that wonder is continuing to be like really flexible and i think that his laning is much better than it was he did get who did he solo die to on the gangplank? Because he took uh, tower shot. It was Armour's armor. Yeah, yeah, it was armor. So yeah. apparently that solo kill didn't Wonder take two tower shots. He told, yeah, he said he took like he took a bunch apparently. of tower shots. Oh, he told yeah. you? Yeah, because I didn't. I just saw that I was re speed watching the VOD again today, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. excuse me, what? He, he died to the tower shots or something like that. He yeah. died to a lot of tower but, shots. But uh, yeah, I think that when you compare the two top laners, like as we come into playoffs, I think they're both looking in really good form, which sets us up really nicely. The yep. big question, I think, will be the champ pool thing, because for me, I think Gangplank is a very underutilized pick right now that into things like Renekton can be really effective at like, especially against low mobility champs like Varus and Aphelios and Syndra, if, especially too. I mean, if Ash is coming back into meta, those two champions together or Gangplank against Ash as an immobile Just that carry, ult is just, just so, so effective. It's so, it's so good. It's and then good. also allows them to play through sides, like the way in which, uh, I was watching your VOD review, I think it was, where he was using GP ultimates to, to overextend uh, in like bot lane or like he'd stay for another wave because he can ult the top can wave too. Uh, Alfire was doing it in their series as a C9 as well. Yep. Um, and like, it just allows you to like make sure that you can keep numbers advantage in certain places on the map. I think it's such a good pick, but this is a topic of conversation that Armored has had before, which is that can he only play things like Wukong, Wukong Jace, Nar, Jace. Renekton, Nar, yeah, like the, he just seems to like fit these almost like bruiser carries, you know? Um, and Jace, I guess. Maybe with uh, Vizichachi, he will expand. Maybe he'll show us a little bit more. I don't know. To tanks. To tanks. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be great for, for Mads if they could just, you know, if he locks in that Orn. I'm not, the, I'm not the, saying the, that's the, good, right? 2017 but, uh, spring MVP Shen. I think it's spring. <laughs> it might there be is summer. like some small weakness in what I've seen from G2 is Wunder's getting dove. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the most recent games. Even in the Schalke game, he was playing Camille versus Broken Blades GP. He's getting Dove level three, level four. I mean, the matchup is obviously losing. He's going to get pushed in, but Jungle came top. He got ganked. He got Dove. Same thing on the GP game against uh, the Jace. He got solo killed by Armored for taking three tower shots. Yeah. And then as soon as he came back to lane stack wave, he got died to a gank. So 
there's a lot of resource from enemy teams going into top and yep. i don't know if that's because windows just kind of obviously one was a mistake one was a losing matchup but i think that's something that g2 need to be a bit careful of especially if they're playing like camille gp these kind of carries a mad will invest in top side right yeah they will and um that's what they did right uh, and he died so they need to be very careful about that um and i think that's one of the things they really need to look out for in the playoffs especially yeah i think that top lane is for sure i think one of the most interesting points on the map because both players have been performing so well recently, whereas I feel like mid laners are both an interesting question because we've definitely seen the return and the rise of Ooh. caps again. Bald caps unleashed now. Humanoid. What's their win streak now, G2? Five, six games? No, it's eight. Yeah. They're so, eight and one in the second half of the Oh, way. yeah, the eight and one. They lost to Fnatic, right? Yeah. Humanoid's always yeah, their only loss in the second half of the split, which is crazy yeah. for the record. That yeah. is like eight and one. Is, eight and one is really insane. That's, that's like <laughs> when was the last time G2 went eight and one in, in a half of a split? You know, because it was the it was the time that we were like, oh shit, G2 is going to get the perfect first half of the season. And then they <laughs> lost to like Schalke, Schalke when Schalke and were SK. bad. I think they went yeah, Schalke they, and they, SK. Yeah, 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 they lost it. It was, <laughs> oh yeah, it was, um, I think it was Gen X mid Aatrox and he like put on a clinic. It was like some miraculous, <laughs> I, I don't so remember, good. but it was, G2 it, looks scary. Yeah. Um, but but I, I like that we're going lane by lane because I think there's yeah, a lot to talk sure. about. So if you want to skip jungle for now, we can go to mid. Let's do jungle, a, I guess, last. Can we do jungle now? Let's see, we can do jungle now. Sure, sure, sure. sure. So, Yanko's um, versus El Yoyo. So El Yoya, I think, has been very muted this split. Uh, yeah, an underwhelming um, split, I would say. I wouldn't, think that he, I wouldn't say that he's been bad, per se, because I'm okay. not sitting there thinking like, like, sure, if you do like super micro, there are probably things you can criticize about El Yoya's play, right? Yeah. Uh, but... I think that he's not really been the reason why the team has lost. He's had a couple of pop-off games, like his Viego clip has been used a bunch of times, right? Um, but I think that what we saw from him last playoffs and what we even got to see from him in MSI, we haven't really gotten to see from him so far in this regular season, which to be fair is fine. Like they've talked a lot about their issues. He is a player who's also very young and he's like trying to find his groove. But J I think Jungle that, meta also very different. Jungle meta yeah. is very different. But in the, in the most recent week, I feel like, sorry, in week eight, I feel like you really, really, really stepped up for me. Um, I know you talked about in your VOD review that I watched that like Graves wasn't a good pick or like Graves is a champion is not super strong right now. But mm -hmm. even then he was still having massive impact on it with some of the plays that he was making. Like his Olaf performance was also really strong. Uh, it just feels like that he's so much more focused. He's so much more um, like mechanically strong. Yeah. I don't, there's better language there, but you get the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to me, it feels like that he is returning to his playoff forms from last bit, which really excites me because when you put that up against a Yankos, who I think for the most part has had a very, very good split, I think that we're setting up for a very exciting jungle matchup where I think both are going to show us a lot of different things and they're both going to be like on their A game. Mm. And I think that talking about Yankos, there's two things I realized about Yankos. The first one was, I think perhaps I was wrong in the early stages of the split where I was over-criticizing Yankos because I thought that he was actually performing bad, but in their, in their loss streak or whatever it was when they were struggling. But then when you actually rewatch it, it's like there's really not much he can do because lanes are really unstable. People are like dying for no reason on lanes. Yeah. They're getting pushed in on losing and winning matchups and then he's the one who's kind of suffering for it. So I have to say that looking back, maybe that was a wrong kind of disjudgment I on think, Yankos. And I think it was difficult at the time to figure out exactly 100% what was going wrong with G2, right? And credit to Mickey and Yankos, even at every stage of the split, they have been around their laners a mm -hmm. ton. Now you can see a stark contrast in the early weeks where they're there and nothing is happening. And maybe that's on caps. I don't want to just point the blame to someone else uh, in the moment, but you can obviously see the difference in these final weeks where caps just blame grabs. It's fine. Just blame, just blame grabs. grabs. And I think or Nelson now. We can blame Nelson too. Uh, but then, you know, the actually, since Nelson came, this is when their win streak started, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't want to like... No, we won't. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing that I want to bring up for the second point as to why I think G2 is winning is the jungle meta. I think jungle meta shifted away from AP champions. Mm -hmm. Rumble Diana 
we'll see them a little bit, but the biggest things right now is Lee Sin, Zin Zhao, Viego, Trundle. Do you think Jarvan's back too? Or is he not buffed I don't think Jarvan's back okay, yet. Okay. He doesn't win one beyonds. Olaf as well. These are AD junglers, right? The reason AD junglers are back is because AP majors are back, right? Oriana, yep. Syndra, there's no more Akalis, and the AP junglers are weaker now because AP laners need AD junglers, right? So TF um, as well. I think TF as well, really good setup champion. Syndra, really good setup champion for these champs. So I think Yankos is much better on AD junglers. He looks like a completely different player. He looks so comfortable on things like Lee Sin, Sin's out. These are like. And he can play for his lanes too. That was I what also, he was famous for, right? AP like, jungler, the way kind of works just sorry yeah to interrupt you there ad junglers are bridges for your laners where ap junglers need to scale so for example like diana yeah wants to scale a little bit here and there rumble wants to scale a little bit there only exceptions maybe nidalee if you have like the setup for it you can actually play for it but things like Lee Sin, olaf level three level four they just want to you know get in your face also just it's way easier because when you have an ap mid laner the ap champ pool outside of kiana maybe yone there's like no setup cc but now you've got Syndra, hell even Victor, even though Gravity feels kind of an underwhelming ability, right, as a baseline. You've got Twisted Fate, and I don't think Twisted Fate will make it through picks bans ever, if I have to guess, mm -hmm. unless there's some spicy counterpick. I mean, both mid laners won it, right? Yeah, I think I think that champ's permed, probably, or traded for something else high value. Silas is the answer, which Silas, also both again, also, play, set up right? CC. So many, there are so many champions in mid lane. Yeah, but even then, the E the E is still CC, and maybe we don't see Silas, you're right. But I think that, like, the setup is there, and we saw when Cass played Twisted Fate, and Twisted Fate is obviously the most extreme example, because it's literally a point and click but it's just way easier to freaking gank like ganking for lucian unless you're bringing cc for yourself like the enemy has to really miss position for you to get anything done it's just way simpler to execute in an ap mid 80 jungle yeah meta. i think it facilitates his lanes a lot like, more you know he literally played lissandra dude yeah exactly lissandra really good setup leblanc amazing setup all these champs right i think just this is what g2 is really good at having ap mid laners and like an 80 jungle for yankos whereas you can look at some regions like the lck or the lpl where they're playing like renekton mid lucian top with a diana and we've seen this from vitality as well where they play evelyn with renekton or with lucian mid or whatever it may be these double AD Solaners and then AP Carry Jungle, which was last year's meta as well. Similarly, with things like Nidalee and Lilia at Worlds, where EU was the ones to transition very slowly into this Carry Jungle meta, where now it's not so much a Carry Jungle pool, it's more of a Bruiser Jungle pool in AD Champions, which I think is just much better for G2. So this is also interesting from Oyo's perspective, because I didn't follow him in his early career. Yep. To be fair, his career isn't that long. <laughs> he's, very, he's actually still, yeah, again, reminder um, that his trajectory is still But having a crazy. look at his overall competitive history... Um, Graves is his most played at 25. Volleyberries is next to 15, which yep. a lot of those came from LEC and then Udyr, Trundle, Rumble. So I wonder how he'll do as we transition. I mean, we're already in this meta, right? And he obviously had a great week eight. Sure. But um, what does he look like when he has to gank a little more? Like, what it, does he look like when he has to play for a little I bit? I mean, because bear in mind, like he has been the player when he played against Inspired. It was like, the mental warfare, right? When we saw those two match up against each other, I mean, it was we were watching some really fantastic jungling between the two junglers, yeah, where they I were agree. constantly trying to out out think each other and outplay each other, um, and like it was very much about playing for themselves. But of course, the caveat to that was he was always playing volley bear, which is less about that carry and more about like I need to try and get a couple ganks for my bot lane or like my top lane to try and get them ahead a little bit more, and then I'm gonna just constantly try and fight the enemy jungle and looking back at that series he was he was in the you know the udir hecarim meta he was the guy playing volibear and ganking and sacrificing camps and doing crazy path but his udir and his graves are kind of the things that he is known for and the things that he's the most comfortable on and maybe graves shows up more i don't know but i mean like, i don't know for sure i, if I don't will, think but. i don't think el yoyo is going to struggle with the the 
the pathing or the idea of shifting to ganking champions, the question for me is more on, on the line of what you're talking about. Does the champion pool support that? Because he can dive on Volibear. We saw that literally in the finals just consistently. Sure. He was, or when, yeah, when he was, he was sacking, he was willing to give up a camp here or two to get a dive and he always made it work. And that was part of the reason that he was able to go toe-to-toe with Inspired. But can't he do the same thing on Lee Sin, Zin Zhao? If those champions yeah. are banned away and he has to play Graves, it's way harder to get the same impact. Yeah, I think that speaking from my experience, you play what your laners play, right? So if my laners are very comfortable on mages or scaling tops, then you slot in as the last piece, right? They're first, you're second, right? So I think the only exception I can think of is Vitality, but still it applies to their lanes because they like AD champs, right? Leader likes to play AD assassins, whatever it is. He likes to play AD assassins, whatever. And you can play things like Rumble and Evelyn. Um, but if your mid laner likes mage and stuff, then you slot in AD junglers. And I think Humanoid... It's more of like an AP-ish player, you know, things like Oriana, Kali, whatever it may be, Silas, LeBlanc. Yeah. So Elia will have to slot in, and Udyr Hecarim were very good baseline champions to just slot in easily, because tanks can gank farm fast, very easy. Uh, Lee Sin, Sin Zhao. Yeah. He hasn't played Zin once in his career, competitively. I'm really? not According to this, what my info, I do not see a single Zin game anywhere in wow. his entire career admittedly he doesn't have the greatest number of games because as we said he's 97 wins 50 losses total so 147 when, when we can keep um, an eye on if mad have banned it really consistently or it's, if it's I been think banned this is against something them that they, they have to learn in a way like i think since i was so i mean i'd be surprised but, if he doesn't yeah, play yeah, it yeah, i mean yeah. just because you haven't played can. it on stage but it, we're try casting this so we can look more into the data later this Ooh, week yeah so we haven't done our prep yet <laughs> but we will be doing it all <laughs> this is our first day back uh, but um I'm just curious how much time we have because we, we don't want to talk to him. We still have two yeah, other we lines have, we need to no, get. Wait, three. Let's, let's well, we have three. three. We'll talk about bot as a whole unit. Let's move on to mid. Um, and I would say... But that jungle matchup hype. I think jungle matchup is very hype. Very hype. Yep. So mid lane, humanoid versus caps. Caps shaved his head and he's back to being caps. <laughs> Unleashed. The hair held him back. It was like a hundred kilo training weight, apparently. Very dense hair on that boy. So can I just very quickly talk about this? Yeah, sure. So humanoid... If he was one of my considerations for MVP, now I didn't put him on my MVP list, but he was one of my considerations all spit long for MVP. Yep. Um, and I think that not people weren't like angry at me for it because I talked about it a lot on broadcast, but I think a lot of people were kind of confused because they were like, well, Humanoid's good, but he seems to like die a lot, right? And I'm like, I mean, like, yeah, there are a good number of examples, especially if you look at the second half where like he has a Syndra game against G2 where I think he has, what, like nine, 11 deaths or something like that. That game um, was rough, yeah. It was a rough game for him. But for me, when Mad was struggling, Humanoid was playing phenomenally. He was the reason Mad was winning games when they shouldn't have been. Like his rise was insane. His Twisted Fate was insane. His Akali was insane. Like he had so many incredible performances that to me, Humanoid for a lot of the split, was the best performing mid. And I would have said that if his second half had been as strong or as, as consistent as his first half, then I would have given him best mid in the split. But because Larson and Caps and other mids kind of like got better towards the second yeah. half, I think that that conversation became a lot harder to be able to sit there and say Humanoid at the end of the split was for sure the best mid in the league. And that's um, also the end of the split was when we did see that million death game. Right, exactly. So <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like, I believe Humanoid is incredibly talented and maybe he just kind of put more weight in at the beginning of the split and then he's like, okay, the rest of my team is now stepped up. So I'm like going to int a little bit more. I don't know if like, I don't know if that's even like good logic, but the thing that I really want to make clear is that last playoffs, Humanoid was one of the best performing players on Mad Lions. Like I remember his Victor games being absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
And the reason why I just kind of want to hype up Humanoid is just because I feel like partly because of us, you know, we would meme that he dies a lot in side lane, right? And that's a fair stereotype because he does die a lot in side lane. He just dies a lot. Uh, but I think that because he dies so <laughs> I much- I think when it applies to a single person, it's just a trend, by I the way. Sure, 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 sure. That's fair. I it's good thing I don't speak for a living. Uh, but um, I think that I, the reason why it's like, I kind of want to kind of balance that and say that like Humanoid does a lot of other things very well. He is yeah. constantly willing to make plays. His laning is very reliable and good. Uh, and he just- He's just an all-round great player. And I think that, that sets us up really nicely when going up against Caps because Caps has kind of dominated the mid lane throne for so long. And last split was the first time that I think that Larson and Humanoid really just kind of put him in his place to a degree. You know, like, and I don't remember those series perfectly, so I'm not going to sit there and say Humanoid and Larson were better than Caps in those playoff games. Uh, but the fact that those two players have stepped up so much and the fact that this mid lane top end is so competitive is just so exciting to me because I love the EU mids was a great, like like a bit of a meme, but it was also true because of the days of Frog and Alex-ish, Xpeke. Like, I feel like for a little while we had a bit of a slump during the growth and now like we're really seeing peak humanoid peak loss and peak caps yep. and i hope that they all just peak at the, the same time so that we can just have that really insane mid lane trio or battling it out and fighting for the top and that's always going to be the question i think with humanoid and in mad in general we've seen a lot of peaks and troughs but it's i think no matter what has happened to g2 it is always an achievement to take a best of five off of caps i think always there's always going to be context there but again the amount of the amount of what we got like we got doimby we got rookie we got nemesis scout you could also wait no, no Scout never took a best of five. So yeah. you're talking about the people that took a best of five. Took off of taking a best of five caps, I and, see, and there's there's a list, but it's it's mostly international names, and now it's starting to grow. Obviously, Faker never did it. By the way, <laughs> yeah. never, Faker's never taken a series. They never played when he was okay. on Fnatic. Yeah, but and I mean, he might. So have, that means that Zhao who must have taken a series off him too in yeah, 2018. They, yeah, did be aren't yeah they lost because MSI. Yeah, it was MSI. 2018 MSI first round. Oh, yeah, round, 2018 MSI. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, God, I can't remember this. Many I was just going to talk off the back of what Vedi said about this matchup because I think that two things again. One, both these players have exactly the same champion pools in a way where yep. I think we'll see a lot of LeBlanc bans and I think Lissandra answers if that champ is picked. We'll see a lot of Orianas. We'll see Victors. a lot of Twisted Fate priority from both these players. So I think those four champions in, in essence will be very high priority and probably picked majority throughout the series. And the second thing is this mid lane can never be talked in isolation where jungle support G2 is always, always, always coming mid. Even I was watching some some stream where Forbidden even said, I remember he said, I'll quote something like, I remember playing against G2 all the time. Caps will even pick a losing lane as long as it has set up. Even if I get the push, I'll just get three men ganked on cooldown on every wave. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that sounds basically yeah, like yeah, G2. Yeah. You're going to get ganked from Yankos top side, Mickey from bot side, and that's just going to happen. And we've seen that in, in G2's games nonstop. So um, I think that it's going to be a battle between who can get to mid first. I mean, that's how they shut them. When they played in week eight, day one, the reason why I had 11 deaths, I mean, we talked about it on the cast, Medic and I, like Humanoid was almost targeted, right? The, Literally, the caps, caps, that's, that's the thing. Flash on cooldown was yeah, used to flash gold card yeah. Humanoid. It's a great example. You're, he was playing Syndra into TF, he was, right? Yeah. He gets the push. What happens when he gets the push? He gets three-man gank <laughs> and he dies on flash on every single cooldown, right? So that's yeah. probably what's going to happen, yeah. Unless yeah. it's a mage versus mage. You're right. I, you're, you're completely right. Talk about how hype this mid lane matchup is and it doesn't matter. It's not it a mid lane matchup. I think it's, it's, the only two it's, times I've seen Caps solo 
gets solo killed was in, I think, the Schalke game and the XL game, the last games where he flashes forwards, one on Lissandra, where he tries to yes, W flash. and he misses his W. Yeah, he tries <laughs> to W flash, but you can't do it, Caps. And if he did it, he would have killed him. And then the Oriana one, where he tried to flash dissonance, flash W on the ground. Oh, yeah, to get and the there's kill. a trundle there. Yeah, that's yeah. the only time we ever saw 1v1 action. All the part from that, I think it's majority of the time, You're just right. like You're the 100% right. Game. So then, You're totally right. let's shift the discussion then down to bottom lane, because supports are obviously going to be a big part of that picture, and supports getting out of lane is obviously determined a lot on the 2v2 matchups to get locked in. Now, my initial read on this is that both of these bot lanes can be pretty inconsistent. Mads more notoriously so. I think the biggest difference is Reckless here is kind of the rock, but Reckless also, the question is, is what is his champion pool going to look like? Because uh, I don't think we're going to be in a Jin meta. He saw Callista. Probably not a Karma meta either. Not a Karma <laughs> meta either, you know? But I think the important thing is the Callista and the fact that he found success on it. He's like... I but think he, he found success... But it's important to note that he did find success in the game where literally everyone just played through mid and he was i remember because i watched this game this morning he was like eight zero which one this is this is the game versus mad he played the callista this was yeah. the game where he was like legendary like and doing awesome but they... that game wasn't really about him the level one they traded one for one he has to flash away from el yo-yo that game wasn't about him that game was about caps and wonder and yankos murdering everyone on the map. even in your VAR review you were highlighting how do you remember he couldn't go bot lane? Yeah, there was one he had instance to go where mid. Get, yeah, yeah. there's one instance where he couldn't go bot because they were making him play top side. He had to catch. But he lost waves. like three waves. He lost yeah. a lot. He lost a lot. And but I, but I think that the most important thing is the fact that he has three games on Callista. And yeah. for for me, reckless confidence is the biggest key for me when it comes to champions. He's even said it publicly. Yeah. Like if he yeah. feels comfortable on champ, he'll pick it. He's played three times on Sage. He won three times on Sage. You know, it's results based analysis. But the fact that no, he'll no, no, feel no. confident and, about and it and bringing up that he's played it three times is big. I just want to say that, like, I think that the specifically the game that we saw versus Mad, while he did still play the champion very well, the game wasn't about his Callista. And if there is a game where it needs to be about his Callista, where it's like we've seen it with Fnatic or we've seen it with Rogue this season, where it's all right, five tower plates for you here, and now you're going top, and it's five tower plates for you here, and now you're giga fed, and you need to win us the game. Like, if it's one of those games, can Reckless still perform? And I think it's fair to say that while that game wasn't, he has had games where it has been the reckless show on cluster and that's that is important but i think that yeah. flexibility will be really important in this bot lane matchup we can talk about who's the better bot lane who's going to the push we can talk about support as well but i think ad pool will come down to a lot of things where reckless has been playing a lot of tristana Callista, right aggressive champions karzi gave us a tease of draven and we've seen him play draven before we've seen ash we's seen aphelios yeah. we've seen ash, ash, ash existing in the meta already again makes Callista less of just like a free pick like she was for most of the exactly. season like karzi has a deep champion pool that we've seen and we've seen reckless also come out of his comfort zone and play things like you know aggressive tristana's you know veins we've seen Callista's exact season so i think that ad champion pool will be the most interesting thing for me in this matchup as to when will ADP picked? And I think it will be probably on 4-5 unless Varus Callista is open. And what can they match each ADs with, right? So if I blind pick like a, an Ash, can you match it with something? Or if I blind pick like a, a Draven that Karzi might do, does Reckless have an answer to it? Okay, so this is probably a really unfair question. But let's say, because obviously it's super <laughs> comp dependent, but I feel like that maybe we can have the conversation. Who do you think is the better 5v5 team? If they just have to play a team fight, who would you... And I get it. I get it. You're immediately going to think, well, it depends on what the comps are, right? Like, I, I understand that. It's not as straightforward as... Um, so you're basically asking who, which team has better mechanical players, in a sense, right? Who will execute a fight better? Yeah, because in an individual level, I think that you would sit there and make the argument that probably G2 has an individual pound-for-pound -pound talent, stronger individual yep. player base. But in the 5v5, when it comes to, like, group play and team play, a part of me just feels like I have more confidence in MAD than I do in G2. I, I can't answer that question. I can't. No, without, that's having, without having a comp, I can't no, answer No, I mean, that's it. totally I reasonable. I'm not, I said it was an unfair question. Yeah. Like, I'm I not can, saying yeah, that. I, can, I, I just, can see where you're coming from. Here's, 
here's uh, the Achilles heel to this whole thing. And this is this is what stresses me out about Mad and predicting Mad ever. And we'll get like one more round of discussion in here and then we should wrap this up and move on to Vitality versus Fnatic. Mm-hmm. Um, is is just the Carzy coin flip. And I hate talking about this because, again, it feels, again, while it is a trend, I it's mean, like the humanoid dice the, thing. The last time they met in last split was he his Jinx 8 kill game. Yeah, you know, he the absolutely 8K obliterated damage, them. You know? And the context is important there, too, because Reckless was playing Karma, so you can argue that, like, oh, he, his performance is kind of overinflated by the fact that, like, yeah. maybe the G-Tools champion... Because he got bodied by Hans, too, right? Because right. then, yes, this is the other issue, is that when he rolled into finals, I think it was just about every game they got 2v2 killed in lane by Hans yeah. Trimby. Like, who, by all accounts, Trimpy and his, this is his first split, remember, like, probably should have been worse, but they just destroyed them. Mm-hmm. So, this is the thing for me, is making sure but, that, that the good version of Karzi, not inflated by any karma, the one that we got to see, because he did redeem himself at MSI, I think, to a certain degree. He really popped off on the international stage in a couple games. But is that the version of Karzi we get? Because Feast or Famine has been the story for this guy. So, I think that, like, Cadrill set up a really nice expectation for his early though in the conversation which is that the meta right now when you compare it to last split it was very much about carry junglers but also if you remember the final Volibear versus Udyr was often what we yep. saw for Eldoria versus uh, Inspired and often the conversation was in that final I remember because you guys were casting it was can Eldoria get a gank off Yep. right and he would often get ganks top to try and shut down Odo Omne, try and get Armored ahead. But sometimes he would also be able to get ganks in bot lane and try and like shut down Han Summer and Trimby, which didn't ultimately do a lot. But it's not about that anymore because it's about bot lanes roaming to mids and a lot of play through mid. Sure. Um, and so I think that like, I would be less concerned about Kazi because I think that Kazi, even in the last matchup showcase, the, like when it just becomes AD carry versus AD carry, he's fine. You know, like the, the volatility ultimately comes from like, the what the supports are up to and it seems that in the current meta it ultimately revolves around mids and that also brings me to then like the overall consensus i think that when we think about what the meta is like which is jungle mid support moving around the map a lot i think the g2 is just better at it than mad is and i think that i would have more weight in g2 winning the series especially based on how they've looked in the second half of the split in being able to execute that so Thanks, Mark, for setting up that expectation on what the meta looks like right now, because I think that actually makes this matchup a lot easier for uh, me to yeah. see and kind of break apart. Um, yeah, I think if, you, if you're if you a viewer at home or you're a fan of any league, just watch any pro game in the last, you know, two weeks, you'll see everyone's just hovering around mid the whole game until Harold dies. But Vetti said, given the context of the meta, feels like G2's favored. G2 win, 3-2, 3-1, 3-0. Oh. 3-1 is kind I'm of what gonna, I would say. I'm going to follow historical trend here and throw out all analysis and narrative out the window and say that G2 are the loser bracket kings. Historical tra- <laughs> historical trend is an is narrative, dude. <laughs> what, is G2 being a loser the secret is, is every, that a narrative? The secret is everything oh, is narrative. I was thinking individual narrative. Oh, okay. People well, get mad G2, when you're like, Caps is an MVP player and it's like narrative and it's like... But the stats, they're like also narrative. They're like, but the eye test, that's narrative too. How dare you? The secret is everything is actually narrative if you look at it long enough. Yeah. I was about to say, I think Mad Lion's going to win the series and G2 is going to win the loser's bracket. But I don't know, dude. I don't know who's going to win this series. I think it might go to five games. Um, that's crazy. I mean, Mad's really freaking good. Yeah, they are. Mad are good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're really good. Uh, it's funny because I feel like people don't realize how good they actually are. But this team is really insane. Well, and I think... <laughs> Again, I, I understand if people are skeptical, especially if you haven't been watching LEC for a long time, because mad regular season 
it's was nothing hit or stellar. Miss. Yeah, it was never, really it never hit, or, hit or miss. But then again, they finished second, didn't they? And they had uh, that's second because of championship points. Second because yeah. of championship points. Uh, I, suppose. I think like they finished third overall because they had twelve wins. I think it was. Yeah, they finished like tied that. for second with G two and Misfits, but they probably finished third because of tiebreakers. But I think the yeah, thing yeah. that I just want to say is. This is my second split as a caster, right? From an outside perspective, watching playoffs and stuff like this. This is the most insanely stacked playoffs I've ever seen personally. I don't know about you guys, but I think any of these six teams could make a long run. There's an argument for maybe just five. I don't know how strong Vitality just, will be. Yeah. And Misfits yeah. Percent goes off. But I think that our, our, t our playoffs is stacked. Yeah, our no, I agree. Is stacked. Good exciting. job. Now say new era for me one time. <laughs> no. I won't say it. All right. He's holding on. Oh, you want to make a new now? It's the rise of new teams to That's the top. That's new era. That's new era. Yo, just said in a different way. We can, okay. we can it just slap on a new sticker. You Dynasty know? Legacy Kings. <laughs> I feel like all of these series, if you, even if you were to model them around, I think that there's no... There's, there's an argument to be made for maybe one or two. There's no rec. They're going to win no matter what. You know? Okay. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Our top four is super stacked. Vitality or a dark core. We're going to switch to Vitality Fanatic now because we've, we've gone here for a while. And I agree. I'm going to say G2 3 2 because um, I just want five games. Okay. I'll say Mad 3 2 as well just to be the, you know, one of okay. us is right. Oh, ooh, okay. I said G2. <laughs> okay. I mean, we could also just be wrong. Yeah. One of us can't. <laughs> it could just not go to five games, yeah, Kendra. We haven't, we haven't covered all bases here. Um, Anyway, so I will say that Fnatic, I, if people are hands down convinced that Fnatic is like up there with the top four, I can see why because there's certainly the highs are there. But I think more than any team, Fnatic has been all over the place. And Vitality... Well, hang on, are we getting into this? Well, now we're getting into this. Vitality. Okay, then give me my 60 seconds. Oh, yeah, it's his turn for the 60 okay. seconds. Yeah, yeah, hold yeah. on. Three. Phil, hang on, wait, Phil. Listen, guys, Phil's our producer for Euphoria. Listen, I'm going to need dramatic music for this. Which one is my single? Is that my single or is that the wide? That's my single. Can that even see me? Can that? Okay. This is classic videos, by the this way. This is classic videos. He can plan videos. this stuff ahead of time, but he does it mid-segment. Because I've just come up with it on the fly. Yeah, okay? But it also just makes him need, look like he's the boss I'm of everything. I'm going to need epic music. Okay, Phil? So I'm praying for this. Okay, give me the countdown, Daniel Dracos. Three, two, one. In a world of drama and chaos, Fnatic now meet their rivals in vitality. Self-made, former Fnatic player, thrown to the side to find his spot in a new team of potentially toxic players. Along the side of Leader and Crownshot, L9 was reunited and they had to claw their way through the dregs of the bottom teams to make their way into the top six to now fight the fabled Fnatic, the former kings, they looked unstoppable, yet they sit here in the lower bracket after suffering a humiliating defeat to literally everyone. Now they must fight for a spotted world. They must go toe to toe. They must fight with everything that they've got. Drama, tension, everything that you could want, all happening on Sunday. Casted by Vedius. Casted by me and Medic. <laughs> Wow. Jesus. I could hear, you know, the Mjolnir remix of the Halo song with the guitar? <laughs> As you were building, and then when you started popping off, I was like, yes! Sell me no! Whippo, yes! Excitement! Oh, drama. I should have said Whippo, you're Copyrighted right. Copyrighted yeah, music! I, ah. I missed the autofill jungler. Damn, I missed It's that. worth the DMCA. <laughs> put it in. Leader versus Niski. Rumors of Leader joining Fnatic last year, you know? Maybe it's going to join with something. There was so much. I should have prepped that, and I could have been so much more dramatic. I should have read a script. It doesn't. More should have backed up. Crown shot versus That's what the trio is for. That's what the trio is for. Uh, 
Ah, right. Now that we've got the narrative out of the way. Right. Okay, so 3 so, 0, fanatic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, about this matchup, context. Now, if you missed the last time these two teams played, it was a few weeks ago. But Adam did solo kill Segenda, and Segenda was a Gwen with Ignite. So. But in that was game, set, Shigenda he? almost killed Adam, and Adam lived on one HP. That's true. So he was set passive. I don't know dab. how much HP. Right, it and was. you almost made playoffs. Can that matter? Wow, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 what is it? When does almost matter, Pedro? Because the context is important. When he got Horse solo killed, shoes and hand grenades, when, baby. That's what uh, almost when matters. When got solo killed, he had no ignite because he used it earlier on to try and kill Adam, who lived on like four to five HP, which would have been a solo kill, but it wasn't. And if you want to use the, the, the variable of it okay. didn't happen, then it didn't happen. <laughs> Then sure, but I think that was uh, it was close. It was, it was close. close. I will say that Adam uh, outperformed him in that game, and we can see if that changes. But I'm going to use that as an argument for a teensy weensy okay. top gap. Now I don't know much about that top lane matchup, but Sorry. it was 18 CS to two. He crashed two waves in that top lane tower and got a free roam mid in like the first two minutes of that matchup. I just cause, can I just like summarize these teams because I like. I don't I want to get into the you, I, well, I, I gave you a minute to summarize the matchup. No, I know, no, 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 I know, but like I'd rather we don't in with these two teams. I think that. Talking individual matchups is less valuable than just talking about the team's identity. Yeah, sure, 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 yeah, sure, sure, I agree sure. with that. Yeah. Um, because I think that when we look at Vitality style, they don't have one, is my opinion. Um, I don't think that they actually, like, originally they tried to play through mids um, and they were like a more topside focused team, but I think that they kind of abandoned that style especially in recent weeks where leaders just dying 1v1. I think he died 1v1 three times at least in the second half of the split. I remember him getting solo killed by Vito. Uh, he got solo killed by Larson, I think it was as well. Yeah, um, he had a few... He, he got solo killed yeah. a lot. <laughs> so like self-made, self-made basically said, I'm not going mid anymore. <laughs> um, but we even heard from self-made in the final week where he said, yeah, let's not do any team meeting prep. Let's not do any planning. Let's just flip it let's just kind of do what feels good on the day and like they 3 zeroed in the final weekend where they just kind of so relied I, have, on. I have a little bit of logic behind that so i think as much as it was like let's flip it i did a little bit of research so before their three game win streak they lost four games in a row yes in those four losses every single player played a different champion every single game right okay. so unique champion every game in all four of those losses okay in the three game win streak they played renekton and akali solo lanes all three games they played two games of alistar in a row so almost like a formula of plug and play with jungle AD and having the same top mid support every game. So as much as they flipped it, I don't know if it was just coincidental flip, but they stuck stuck to something that was working for them every single game. Right. I think the rogue game's a small exception where they were getting bodied and then just made a, an insane comeback. But it was all about comfort picks, wasn't it? Like, wasn't leader on Akali? He was in Akali uh, all three games, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what did Selfmade play? Like, Selfmade was the one Selfmade mixing it Rumble. up, right? He played... He played a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, he played Rumble. Um, but what was their support pick that they, they consistently picked? They played Alistar two games. Okay. Um, um, so they had and like then it was Varus for crown shot, right? Varus Jinx for crown shot every yeah. game. So they had like so, this semi-formula, which is crazy to me. If you just look at the context of the four losses of all these unique champions and then the three wins of all these kind of exact same champions, it's easily targetable. Um, but that's so, what works for them to get them their three wins. And I think that ultimately what this... But this kind of comes back to my point about I don't think Vitality have a clear team identity, which is that like when you struggle as a team, maybe you can speak more about this, sometimes just defaulting to comfort, playing champions that you understand really well and explaining to your teammates, this is what I need from you and this is what I can do for you. And then people just kind of work with that information. And then because individually, this roster is very, very stacked, right? Like 
we know that leader mechanic like he showed it in his akali games that he's a very good akali player yeah. right um self-made is a very smart jungler crown shot and Le- lebrov's had an insane split LeBrov is As, uh, he is so so LeBrov good is, I, I was very <laughs> I, I was considering him for top three but i, I think he, he's he top three i don't think he should be there yet but i think he is incredibly I good three. i also think crown shot has had a fantastic second half of the split yeah. even though they've been losing that four games in a row in their three wins he was a huge part of it leader struggling in lane great mechanics and self-made but this just, is the thing like you know, really really, really it, it's kind of like a it's almost like a solo queue team almost yeah. and i don't want to like well, flame them at all but it's like really good mechanics just not smart macro that their macro just isn't that great right they to be fair we've had teams like this before who have said those exact same things let's not do our draft meeting sometimes even let's not scrim you guys remember forgiven h2k that was our best performing team in 2016 world they stopped scrimming and they played infinitely better. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's healthy. I'm not going to say it's long-term viable. Was it you that told me that you lost all your scrims and then won? scrims in a row. Oh, okay. <laughs> won both games on yeah. stage. <laughs> <laughs> he just did... dabbed for the listeners only. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, wasn't there Albus Knox Luna in an interview when they made quarterfinals said, yeah, we've just been playing WoW for two weeks. No one wants to scrim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. made it. Oh, my God. Scrims Any... are, in reality, some the, fake uh, data. I won't they... tell you that it's a sign of a long-term health for a team but sometimes not scrimming for whatever reason is the right choice for some teams to perform but i think what's cool about vitality as a whole is that like the fact that they got here i don't think many people expected them to i think a lot of people saw astralis in a weird way it's like the team that would just somehow make it into yeah it was because of their strength of schedule yeah they had an easy strength schedule and rogue lost to vitality despite having never lost to a bottom six team ever they only ever lost to top four teams the whole split and then they beat rogue. and then vitality beat rogue <laughs> despite <laughs> rogue being 5k up yeah, six in 20 up. minutes 6k up <laughs> the game was crazy so um yeah astrala should have made it but vitality made it and now we've got the most hype narrative matchup you could ever want in a best of five yeah sometimes i do think it's scripted and i just don't know like but, but I, do you remember when reckless was on euphoria and he was talking about how these teams just have like this super aggressive take every fight playstyle on one end of the scale and there's like rogue on the other where it's just very clean macro well i mean these are both of the super these aggressive are take both every single the, fight. like i will bite you if you take one step forward <laughs> and if you hit me i'm hitting you in lane phase expect my old for, top for context the last time these guys games guys played a game against each other every single lane had a kill or a death by four minutes yeah. i'll just give a small analogy <laughs> Wait, <really? laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like literally every single lane had been involved in a kill like so the top lane solo death for or solo kill for adam uh-huh. right and then like bot lane there's there was like an all-in kill that was like crazy mm-hmm. oh it was, it was actually nuts i'm so, trying to remember if that's right small analogy i used yeah. to play with a top laner called expect you'll know him expect right he played a scrim once and he died he got solo killed like nine times in a row and it was fine yeah. we were like so what's wrong and his his argument for the whole thing was he hit me so i hit him back <laughs> and i was like yeah but you died and he's like yeah but if he hits me I, I have to hit him back it's just a matchup and that's what this matchup is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what this matchup yeah, is yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. i'll never forget that moment it's, when he said that it's like i slap you and you're like i'm gonna slap you back yeah, so and I said, then I said, well you slap me now i'm gonna slap you yeah, right? i was like so can't you just run away if he hits you he's like, so, no but then i lose my lane i have to hit him back <laughs> really oh, weird yeah? weird, okay. weird tangent right so they they at some point were using like machine learning to talk about how like international politics could work right and one of the ones they figured out didn't work is the is the escalation one so anytime you do anything i escalate because all that happens is you just escalate back and forth (laughs) so they had to come up with a new model where it's like okay you escalate but then you take you just kind of take it one time just so there's not 
you know, nuclear war. Fanatic and vitality, they're straight to nuclear war. (laughs) Like we start with like a little gentle glove slap into a gentleman's duel, but then it's like, first it's pistols at dawn and then it's nukes at midnight. You know what I mean? Like pistols at dawn, nukes at midnight. Fanatic versus vitality, Sunday at 6 p.m. It's just escalate, escalate, escalate. Have you ever played the Fallout games? Yeah, want to know how they started? No, Fanatic versus vitality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Sadly, by the end it turns into fallout 76 so we'll hope that it's a 3-0 <laughs> when no one interacts with each other yeah, it's yeah. just not good <laughs> so, um w- well, we talked a lot about vitality fanatic um we should probably like, analysis yeah but we should probably summarize like what happened with that team yeah because sure. um i think that the easy way out is to sit there and say that they were the the subject of their own aggression, right? They were like their own defeat in many ways. Where like, sure. and like, I think that if you want to kind of put it on the surface, um, I'm going to call it surface level analysis in the sense that like, if you just kind of like use your eyes, you just kind of look at this and you sit there and go, okay, well, I remember As that game. As opposed to the deep analysis where I where call I just, out to the void right, and, yeah, and, you, and the voices yeah, whisper yeah, exactly. to me. Exactly. Yeah. But all the other words where I cheat and ask the pro players. <laughs> deep analysis. <laughs> um, yeah. um, yeah, I like it because it's um, true. It's true, yeah. Um, the, there was that game where they were insanely fed. I forget exactly who they were playing, but Niski was on Akali. Uh, Adam was on Renekton. Yep, Misfits. Uh, that was the Misfits game where like Adam killed the Zin Zhao top lane and you were like, yep. wow, Zin doesn't get to play this game. Um, and then they were bot lane. They had no alts. <laughs> they had no flashes. And then they took a 2v3 fight and then they die and then they lose Drake. And I think they lost Baron off the back of that too. Um, and it's like really dumb stuff like that that has cost Fnatic a bunch that of games. That DP sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that whole like sequence of events. Yeah, yeah. that was all um, in the same kind of two weeks. Yeah, and like the, it's just kind of like Fnatic have showcased that they have really strong individuals. They know how to get early game leads. I think the Bwipo, um when... I think that in the second half, what he lost to Yankos, he lost to El Yoya, and he lost Inspired. to Inspired. Yep. So kind of like the the big three... Um, he did beat Razork with some clever pathing where he really kind of shut him down and then Razork kind of entered it after that. Uh, but um, I think there are some question marks still around, around Bwipo about how he's going to stack up against other top tier junglers. Uh, and, but I think the matchup against Selfmade is always fascinating because Selfmade is also like a bit inconsistent. He's, yep. he's the same kind of player that's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll flip this fight. Um, and but, I think that one of his big issues this split has actually been where he's been in situations where he, how many times have you guys cast a game you're like, why is Selfmade here? <laughs> and then he's just kind of dead. Um, yeah, it's like I, it's like he's going mid lane for leader all the time where it's like, wait, where is he? He does have ups and downs, but I think Selfmade has like really high peaks where he's like yeah, of inspired course. level. Right? Of course, oh, yeah, of course. He like swings the other side where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's very inconsistent. And also, Consistency isn't yeah. his thing. But I don't want to move to, I kind of want to keep the topic on Fnatic because I so, think that um, like, do you think that they're, whole issues can simply be summarized to they are too over aggressive at times when they don't need to be or do you think that there is something deeper i I think if you want to simplify it that way i think that is probably because i think that's a simple answer i think think that's probably oversimplified but i think that's like the easy answer right as i said i I think think it's the easy answer because i think the other thing is is it's not it's not like the team as a whole as a five-man unit takes over aggressive fights consistently because what we saw in a number of the games um for example the niski casio game he like tps and he's tping from behind 
and he needs like five seconds to finish that TP and to get into a position to actually flank. But the second he hits that TP, Whipple and Hillisang have started the fight. So by the time he finishes the TP, the fight's over and his team is freaking dead and he's in the middle of nowhere. Right. Right. So those moments, those disconnects are what I'm looking at. To me, it's less of like a the Fnatic are picking, picking bad fights and more like Fnatic are not communicating or not on the same page when they do start fights is the big thing. Because like Niski was pretty strong in that game on the Casio. If he had been in that flank position, if he had three more seconds before that fight Which starts, game is this? I can't remember. I just remember it the was, Casio. Uh, it was against uh, Mad Lions and they were playing an Olaf Silas comp and that's why he picked Casio mid. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. I think that there's a couple of things I attribute to Fnatic. The first one is uh, they're trying a lot of things, I think. Um, if you take away Whippo's Viego game against Rogue, where I think Inspire just can completely outjungled him that, from the level that 3 That was invade. the one game where he was completely and totally I think he was gapped. really outjungled. Yeah. I mean, it came down to level 3 invade where he killed him on his red buff, and from there it was just like a snowball effect from yep. winning through mid. Uh, he's been playing things like Rengar, um, which was working, but they lost the game. Uh, they've been playing Mundo Jungle, which, yeah, Whippo has a couple Their games Their early games now. are really good. Their early games are good. Cassio mid, they've been playing a lot of more Ghana support, which I'm not really a fan of. Like, yep. it, you're winning the lane, and I think that's another thing. Their bot lane is playing these win lane kind of champs, where it's like, yeah, Tristana, Morgana, Ezra, Morgana, they get a CS Ezreal lead. Karma they played once, too. I think there was double Morgana game they played. Maybe they played Karma, but oh, I maybe. Was that? An, yo, I think you're right. I remember just an Ezreal game yeah. from Upset that uh, yeah, I don't that think That was, was with Morgana. Good. But my point is, they're yeah. winning lane, but now you have Hillisang on a non-engage champ. He's playing a Morgana, which I is playing a that, Black yeah. Shield champ. So now your engage has to come from top jungle or mid, or someone has to start the fight or make or punish someone overextending. And when it's not Hillisang because he's on Morgana, it's like, well, who really is it? So the fights are really messy. And then I agreed on the third point. It's like, you two are completely right. They're just overextending in every fight. You're playing a Casio comp. You can scale for free, you know, in the sense where you can just kind of take the game slow, still overforcing. Oh. I mean, I remember in the Twisted Fate Rengar comp, uh, I didn't talk about it because the game was just so chaotic. But then like halfway through the game, I was like, wait, they should be just playing through sides. This whole yeah. comp works through like Rengar ult, TF ult, you just attack side lane. I was like, yeah, like that makes way more sense. I really understand this yeah. comp. I'm like, then why have we just been casting 5v5s for the last 20 <laughs> yeah, minutes? And I think that this can be applied where I think that Fnatic have to ask themselves a very important question during the game. And it's a very simple one and it's very easy. It's like, what? How do you want to win the game? What's our win condition? Yeah. yeah. Right? You're completely right. You have TF Rengar and you have a set on sides. Just play through side lanes. You know, they have a Nocturne. They want a hard engage mid. Whatever it may be, you can always match side lanes and win through side. You have a Cassio comp where I think Nissi got like three kills in the early game. Two he or was three really kills. strong. He was so fed. Your Cassio, who is scaling against a Silas Olaf, has three kills in the early game or two kills. It's one. Just chill. Everyone chill. We can scale. Then there's like this five-man playing bot. Everyone's TPing in. Something missy is happening. Or I can't remember where it was where they started losing the fights and losing the game. Um, but yeah, Adam struggled in the solo kill. And then I just, I think that there's very easy to fix mistakes where it's like play comfort, don't overextend, have a good winning bot where Hillisang can engage. engage yeah. Put Hillisang on engage. Yeah, three king things. Hillisang on engage. Um, don't overextend or make these crazy overforced mistakes in the game itself uh, and just play comfort. Yeah. And, and the I win think, conditions, I think, was a really good win just conditions. Like reminding yeah. myself of the win conditions. Is good. I think um, to wrap this up, just final predictions for me. I expect this to be probably. A Fnatic 3-1 or a 3-2. I think I, Fnatic 3-0, personally. I think Fnatic are very much the better team, but I think the one thing that we haven't seen from Fnatic yet this this season, or at least not yet this season, but in these last few weeks, is the consistency, consistency with which would give me the confidence to say a clean 3-0. Now, they could 
solve these oh, problems. Oh, so you think the Fnatic will lose a game themselves? <laughs> I think Fnatic are clearly the better team, and I think if you wanted to say a 3-0 is indicative that I think that like Fnatic are 100% the clear favorites, I think they're 100% clear the clear favorites, but right. I also think this could be a 3-1 or a 3-2 because <laughs> Fnatic are their own worst enemies. I mean, they're both super volatile teams, right? That's just yeah, kind of that's, the nature. That's, of... So that's just what I think, right? And that's I think, fair. but I but I 100% believe that Fnatic are going to win this series. Well, loser doesn't make it a world. Sag. And the winner doesn't either. They have to win. <laughs> they have to win more. They have to win two more best of fives after that. Yeah. I'm struggling. I think Vitality might win. So I really. I'm not gonna say they are gonna win, but I think that they have a chance. I think it's gonna be three, two. Why? I think this could go to five games as why, well. Why? 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 Why Vitality? Because I I think that their lack of style and reliance on comfort is the main reason. I why. I just think their volatility and inconsistency might play well into Fnatic. <laughs> I mean, and it didn't last time they. Play. No, but I they think that in a, a bunch of, of five, one. in a best of five, if they found what's working in a meta where Irelia and, and stuff like this is, 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 <laughs> is meta and available. We've been relentlessly swearing this yeah. entire episode. Yeah, okay. just, I haven't sworn once. Yeah, it's good. You're good at your I job. Think, I, <laughs> I think also Fnatic are their own worst enemies. And until they can show this version of Fnatic, once I see them in a the best of five and I watch this Vitality series and it's like, like you say, 100% Fnatic win and it's decisive, then I'll moving on to the next series, I'll have a lot more faith in Fnatic uh, in, in best of fives itself. I will still predict oh. Fnatic to win the best of five, and I'll say Fnatic will win this best of five, probably 3-2 in my eyes, but... You wouldn't I be surprised if Vitality got I, I, I would also exactly not be surprised where Vitality just... The games are really messy, and then they just, I don't know, Fnatic overextend and make a throw, Vitality do the same thing. It's just going to be a lot of back and forth for, in, from what I can see. But they've had two weeks to prep. Maybe they've, you know, fixed things. Just double-checking, you're on the 3-0 train. You're a firm believer. I'm 3-0 Fnatic. I think that Vitality just won't be able to fix their stuff. And I think that the if they lose game one... There's, they don't have any adaptation. That's just kind of my opinion. Like, maybe I'm wrong. And I'm happy to be I, wrong. I, I would disagree. Like, and I think that most of their adaptation comes through mid, where you can put leader on Didn't you brands. literally start your oh, point oh, with, oh. they've played four unique champions and their four lost streaks. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're so volatile and consistent, especially in the champions, right? So just the only point I would say there is, like, you can put leader on Rise and then self-made on Lee Sin, for example. Sure. But then you can also put self-made on Evelyn and then leader on, like, Irelia. So you can have, like, these wacky mid-jungle combos, yeah, no, which is I where... I agree with you. Yeah, the way is where the champions come from, so, I guess. That's the only thing. I'm going to say now, we'll, we'll put a pin in it. We'll wait and see. We'll find out again. Sunday, blood, drama, rivalry. Yeah. This is it's going to be really fun Whippo to watch. Versus self this is the banger series. This is the tabloid favorite, you yeah. know, whatever. Despite the fact it's that this is the undercard, this is the banging undercard. Like the top level matchup is like, you know, fine. It's so whatever. We've got TriCast, Magi 2, us yep. three, and then Medivedi for Fnatic Vitality, and oh, I yeah. think it's Quickshot Trouble for Rogue Misfit. So, good week of games, good week of cast. It's going to be a banger. banger for I'm sure. on the analyst desk for Fnatic Vitality. Poggers. Oh, cool. good luck. I'm on the analyst desk for... Wait, I'm on the analyst desk for Rogue Misfits. I feel like we should swap. <laughs> no, I want to do the Fnatic yeah, Vitality. I was going to say, if anyone could just shout about people killing each other, surely that's my... Surely the refined... Welcome to my Telestrator. Best of five should be I can grow a stash. Give me two and a half years. You just have to no. let it go, dude. How you much to... time have we got left, Dracos? Well, we're going to jump to our next section. We'll do our playoff prediction for the rest of the bracket to get that clickbait, and we'll go there now. And now it's time to make clickbait. Let's and, do it. And also kind of a little bit of analysis. Now we're going to keep this a little bit tight as we will have a chance to explain our thought processes more in the week to come, uh, weeks to come, rather. But we'll go through each person going to define their playoff bracket. A wonderful graphic will appear here for those of you in YouTube land. You guys, if you're at home in podcast land, can also check out Twitter, where we'll be posting the graphics on either Law Esports or on our respective Twitters. If you want to follow along visually, uh, we'll also be using the match name. So maybe like Law Esports wikis or something for you to follow along. It should be pretty easy, though. Um, so oh, it's really hard. 
I can go. I then guess ask I, me first. Yeah, you, you can go you're first. Go first. I, yeah. sure. I'm struggling. Okay, I'm so round one. Rogue makes it through. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, G2 will also make it through. So Rogue versus G2 will be the Kings match semifinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fnatic will make it through. Fnatic will then by default. my thing by default will play against Misfits, who I believe Fnatic will lose to. Uh, I think that Misfits will then go on to play Mad Lions. Uh, Mad Lions will then defeat Misfits. Mm-hmm. And then it will be Mad versus G2 again, where so, I think we will have a Rogue versus G2 final. Okay. So, again, to reclarify, so you think the in the winner's match, Rogue is going to beat G2? I do. Okay. And then... Obviously, without seeing any footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's... that's pretty similar to what i have that's very spicy i like it okay so that- yeah i'm taking a bit of a flip on the misfits fanatic one yeah, yeah um and i'm also taking a bit of a flip on the rogue versus g2 one um i'm assuming that rogue is going to overcome their demons um Ooh. and they're going to solve their mid-game issues and i think that they'll be able to finally beat g2 in a best of five it's also nice i mean they've already beaten g2 because the position that they're in they don't even have to play mad again if they just beat G2, they never have to play Mad again and overcome their demons from in the theory, finals. Yeah, in yeah they can just go straight to the finals. And just but that means that I also up. think that our world's top three will be Rogue, Mad, G2. Those Which, are my top three. I think it's pretty fair, and I'd be inclined to agree. Uh, I'll go next. So exact same first round, Rogue taking down Misfits, okay. G2 taking down Mad, okay. and Fnatic taking down Vitality. Now, I'm more of a basic Betty here, not well, to use any swears. I think Fnatic are going to beat Misfits then in the okay. subsequent round and i do expect it to be rogue versus fanatic i'm i'm on the i'm on the g2 hype train whoa, whoa, whoa sorry whoa, rogue whoa. versus mad sorry okay. whoa, 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 whoa. wow i'm making the, whoever has to make the graphic for this after the graphic's not ready afterwards life hard so first mistress versus fanatic fanatic wins then yes. they play mad mad will beat fanatic okay bam and then they will play rogue so G2 will defeat G2 Rogue, will defeat in, Rogue the in the semifinals match. Got yes. It. And then in the lower bracket match, I expect uh, Rogue to beat the Mad Lions and go to finals. So, so almost you and I think G2 Rogue finals. I think G2 Rogue finals. But your expectations are a little more cookie cutter. Yeah, I would say I would say that the only thing that's really standout difference from ours is obviously Rogue versus G2 who's going to win in that winner's and match. And Fnatic game. But then I think Fnatic beat Misfits. I, I, I don't have a whole ton of faith. All right, in Lamont... I don't know. I feel like I, I already predicted G2 to beat Mad Lions earlier on. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah you did. We did. We all did. You said 3-2 Mad Lions. No, to G2. I said. No, you, you said, said Mad Lions. Ma- Actually, oh, you're right. I said you said Mad Lions, right? Yeah, you yes, did say Mad Lions. Okay, good, good, good. Thank God, because I thought I said G2 for some reason, because I wanted to, to you can say change Mad Lions. Your mind. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to make sure that I gave context why I'm changing my mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Rogue will win against Misfits. I think Mad will beat G2. Okay. So it's Rogue, Mad in the upper bracket final, and Rogue will win that game, so they'll be in the finals. Okay. In lower bracket, Fnatic will beat Vitality. Then they'll face Misfits, who I think uh, Fnatic will beat. Okay. Then they face G2. They face G2, and I think G2 will win. And that's G2 versus Mad in your scenario. G2 versus Mad in the finals. The rematch. No, no, no. No, 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 The rematch, and then uh, Rogue versus G2 in the finals. So we're all Rogue G2. Lovers have faith in Rogue. A lot of us do. So this is what I'll say, is that Rogue have consistently gotten better. You know, they've always, they've gotten... After that first split, if we forget the first split where they didn't make playoffs, they've always made playoffs. Um, they've been consistently improving. I think they were like, they've never been outside of top four since that first split. I think it was like third, fourth. I don't know if that's true. I actually think in the first year, I don't remember that. Maybe first it's since 2019. Well. No, I don't remember. 
Mm, wow, it's very hard to predict these players. Matt Lyons been there finish at the top four. Well, I wrote it down in the document. Hold on. I mean, what's, what's what the document's for? Let's double check. Bah, 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 Wasting bah. on valuable this little time This is really interesting here. playoffs, though. I think every every, every, playoffs... every scenario is very cool to listen to yes. and watch. Okay, highest placement is second. Okay, so they went fourth, then fifth, then third, and then in last split, second after that aforementioned. So not always top four. Yep. But they've been slowly getting better and better. I think when we look at last finals, a lot people would still be skeptical as like, ah, oh, one thing goes different is that Rogue's game, the Caitlyn game, you know, Rogue Rise game, the last game, the Rogue game, maybe those. I mean, I just don't think the thing that I wanted to shift is the idea that they choke. I think that these are just mid-game issues that they have. I don't think that they're sitting there being like, uh, uh, what do we do? What do we do? I, I don't think that's kind of what's happening with yeah, the team. I, I don't think, think that, that they, they uh, choke, but I, I think that Rogue are just consistently getting better. And I think them sure. getting to finals was an indication of that and but not the, just the biggest G2 question something. will be, can they overcome the issues that have plagued this roster specifically, I think, all year, which is that when they get insurmountable leads, that mid-game decision-making about how to close out the game, what to do when you have these big leads is something that they have to pay attention to and they need to fix otherwise teams will just keep picking scaling and then they'll just wait for them to make the mistake and then they'll outscale them and that's kind yeah. of what matt did you know so we'll find out we're believers in the rogue g2 finals let us know at home yep. what you think uh or what your bracket looks like if you think that we're completely off on any of these predictions on the matchups maybe you have a lot of faith in a team that we don't maybe you have some secret insider knowledge that we don't in which case feel free to share it because we love that well, i can't wait for worlds um i can't wait either we'll be casting mad versus g2 this weekend before we go vetty wanted two minutes for a thing yeah, I want to antagonize LCK fans. Okay, um, sick. So basically, <laughs> so good at this. Too. I will never touch the LPL. Okay, I watched EDG versus FPX. They're gods. Europe will terrify. Will be terrified of those teams because you're they so are very terrified good. you can't say the word. Exactly, right. it's, it's scary. Uh, it's scary. It's pretty scary. I watched those games as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We're screwed. laughs> um, so, um, however, LCK, huh, we can take pot shots at them. Now, I've only watched a couple games, but that's all I need, Daniel Drakos. <laughs> because let me tell you what: if Nong Chim is their first seed going to Worlds. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be an easy world uh so uh yeah i think t1 <laughs> yeah they don't know how to draft sure they don't know how to play i think dom one's decent um but you know they've only really earned that respect because they are former world champions and they have some of the best players uh on their roster in terms of showmaker and canyon uh but i think that's it from the lck uh i don't know why they have four i mean i know why they have four seeds but you know like should they really have four seeds you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh so uh, yeah good luck lck uh enjoy third place i mean um it's gonna be tough at your worlds uh um, well i tweeted something very simple and said I don't think LCK is going to be a threat, but you just, you just <laughs> took just, that. I just love fueling the fire. Well, it's my favorite If you could clip that. Incredible amounts of fuel onto it. I know. Yeah. It's just my favorite. I love antagonizing people at Worlds. It's my favorite thing. I mean, see, I'm ready. People I are going to clip this out so that when LCK like smashes in the group stages. They're going to tweet that to you. It's just, it's going to be. It's yeah. just, but I love it. It's part of the fun of Worlds for me. Yeah. If you don't make bold predictions, you don't get good content. Yeah. Yeah. Like, LPL, yeah, you're still gods. I can't commit you yet, but I will. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe. I also, I love the progression of EU over the years. We had this brief glimmer of hope where we won MSI, and now it's like, well, NA suck now, so we'll move one up the totem pole. Yeah, exactly. Now it's screw you, <laughs> LCK. Exactly. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe one day we years from now, and we'll be even. And even if, honestly, if we just sit here, dead even with the LPL, fighting forever with no one super... I will be happy I'll with that. I'll take that. That I'll will take be a that. banger. I would... But now we're on the LCK tier. We're climbing it. Like this, climbing. If you ever played OG Mortal, the little ladders in the yeah, OG Mortal Kombat. Think about how offended 
the LCK is you're on our tier now, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome hey, down here. Here's the question. Did, did <laughs> they go down or did we go up? Yeah. That's the question on everyone's mind, and we'll leave that one for the world. This has been Euphoria Season 8, Episode uh, 10, Playoffs Ryan Round Lord. 1, coming your way Friday. It is Misfits versus Rogue. Saturday, G2 versus Mad Lions. Casted by the trio here, Vitality versus Fnatic. The absolute banger, Bloodbath by Medivetti themselves, yep. I believe. Hell yeah. It's going to be... TP sucked. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Into die! Uh, I'm looking forward to Goodbye. it. Goodbye. Goodbye.